Take him. You do not like to be pushed. Very good. You may be a man I can deal with, Barona. Program complete. Enter when ready. Funny about this episode, to be honest. Not really. <laughs> no, not really. Nothing really that I found. No. Other than when they first walked in, I was like, "Those aren't Klingons. <laughs> this is this is absolutely ridiculous." <laughs> <laughs> I just am curious to see, like, how did this go from like the original design to like what we have now? Why did they change so much? You know. The only thing I remember hearing about or like talk about was they just had the budget now yeah so it's like maybe now they could go and like actually because in the yeah, in the, maybe. In, in the television series this is what they stay they never go beyond this luck hmm. even in the animated series that came out in the 70s like this is they look like this Mm-hmm. But then when the movie comes out, the motion picture, they 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 look closer to, I should say, they look much closer to what, like everybody traditionally likes about Klingons. And then as as the movies went forward, they gradually changed. Like every movie they were in, their appearance changed more mm. gradually until you got to Worf on Next Generation. Interesting. And then he kind of didn't look that impressive in the first couple seasons. And then all of a sudden, I think in season three, he all of a sudden mm-hmm. is like, he is what is he became like the standard of what all Klingons look like. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it was that way for a really long time. And then discovery came along and it was like, what if they looked like these insane things? And it was like, oh my okay. God. and everybody hated it. Yeah. But it also was like, yeah, but they kind of do change the appearance of Klingons. Like all the time. <laughs> pretty frequently, so yeah. Yeah, I totally get now going from like Enterprise. Because like Enterprise, they look like, you know, what you modern day Klingon. Yeah. And that's set before this. And then now they look like this. And you're like, why, why did they change that drastically? But I think you remember. Well, that's why we'll talk about it. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that whole, yeah, mm-hmm. like, they're trying to do super soldier stuff, but. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of like just a quick way to be like, oh, yeah, that that's why they look like this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> but that also kind of explains why they change back in the future. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of this weird yep. thing it's that, like, weird... Enterprise kind of fixed. Right, right. Which is kind of It's like nice. It's kind of nice and kind of strange at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing, too, is, is even like their personality in this episode is so far from like anything. Yeah, it's like there's f- very fine mixes. Like you can kind of see the, the Klingon like where the, it'll eventually go and like where they built on it. But it's very... It's like it's like almost like making a cake mm-hmm. and mixing something in, and you're like, I can taste that you added something here, but I don't really get yeah. the full the full amount. <laughs> Risk. Risk is our business. That'll be. was founded to seek out new life. Well, there it sits. Rock and roll! Six. We're not afraid of diversity. We don't persecute it. We embrace it. At least I won't die alone. Federation of Planets. And reach for the stars. Those were the days. 
Welcome back to another Re-Trek review, where every week we talk about an episode of Star Trek, and this week we're talking about the Star Trek The Original Series episode entitled Errand of Mercy. It originally aired March 23rd, 1967. Uh, we are watching this in production order, but in release date order, it's number 26th of season one. But for us, it's number 27. Mm. It was written by Gene L. Kuhn, who is returning from Arena, Space Seed, and The Devil in the Dark. Cool. It was directed by John Newland. Before we ask Caleb what he thought of the episode, here is the synopsis. Kirk and Spock try to protect the planet Organia from the Klingons, but the natives don't want the Federation's help. Caleb. What did you think of the episode? I like this episode. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was good. I like I was just saying earlier, like there's not really a lot of like funny stuff to like pull yeah. from this episode because it's more kind of just like straightforward and not as like zany as the other episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I think this is the first time I've seen like Klingons from this era. I would so that was so. that was interesting for me. But yeah, I like the I like the whole episode. I like the concept of it. I always enjoy when the main people of the episode are there's like something different about them that takes you mm. the whole episode to kind of figure out like what it actually go, is gotcha. going on. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's really easy just to just to beam down to a planet and be like these people are so simple. And then have that be, you know, the thing. But right. at the end, they're like, oh, no, actually, like, we're much, <laughs> much more smarter and developed than you, idiots. Right. Right, 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 right. like that. I really liked Kirk in this episode, too. I thought he... I thought Shatner did, like, a really good job. Yeah. Like, going back and forth between trying to... Yeah. yeah. And I kind of am a sucker for any episode that's, like, Kirk and Spock heavy. <laughs> Like the two of them doing like buddy cup. Yeah, I think you could fun. probably can understand like why they're like the most favorite duo of Star Trek, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. They have a pretty good like back and forth and yeah, I just I just like it. I like them two together. All right, here is the teaser. Coded orders from Starfleet Command to the USS Enterprise disclose that negotiations with the Klingon Empire are on the verge of collapse, and that Starfleet expects a surprise attack. The Enterprise is ordered to Organia, a peaceful Class M planet, in a disputed area, to prevent the Klingons from using it as a base of operations. En route, a Klingon vessel suddenly attacks the Enterprise with magnetic pulses. Kirk orders the phaser banks to lock on and return fire. After a brief weapons exchange, the Enterprise destroys the Klingon ship, with a proximity blast set at a 100% dispersal pattern. Lieutenant Uhura receives a Code 1 alert from Starfleet. War with the Klingons has begun, and Captain Kirk resolves to reach Organia before the hammer falls, as the trigger has now been pulled. Yeah, they blow up that Klingon ship pretty easily. Pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I To the point where I thought it was going to be like the Romulan thing again, where it was like, Oh, we got him. We got him. And they're like, no, we didn't. Mm, there it comes. Like, I forgot that the show opened up with, with the battle. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, you kind of get the impression that, like, the Enterprise is more, you know, since it's, like, further in the future, it's more battle-ready than, yeah. like, the NX-01 was. Right, right, right. Kirk says this line. Oh, he says, uh, he says, it's always the peaceful non-confrontational planets that are always right in the middle of like oh yeah not like war zones but like on yeah, the border of he makes like, a peaceful reference, territory he makes a reference to like an old an old nation like old old uh, countries he's like yeah because they're always like these places are always caught in the middle between two forces like wait warring forces yeah, yeah. I, the thing that i was thinking about so in Discovery, they introduced the Klingon War, mm-hmm. and the Klingon War is like very bad. It's like it's exceptionally bad. 
they kill like so many people. Cool. But the weird, the weird thing is, it's like it's one of those weird things that like Discovery's plotline lends to this episode, but then also doesn't lend to this episode. Mm-hmm. Him basically being like him saying they're at war with the Klingons felt more like it was the first time when he says it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But later in the episode when he's like, you don't understand, like, they're going to do all these terrible things and they're going to murder people. When he was mad at the very, very end with the Organian yeah. and he was saying, like, he they kill civilians and they overtake things and they're they're just awful people. It's like, well, yeah, because... He there is now proof in the in in the past of being like, well, yeah, the Klingons are terrible mm-hmm. because it, from your perspective of just watching Enterprise with Archer to this, it's like, well, we kind of left the Klingons in a like they're fine, like yeah, they're, right. they're aggressive, but they're not. They've not. they've they've had run-ins, but they've always kind of right been okay, you know, other right, than- right. <laughs> Their judicial system being yeah. out of whack. <laughs> yeah. But whose isn't, you know? That's what I say. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I still like yeah. that metal claw ball gavel. <laughs> spark. <laughs> yeah. I think it'll make a return. I think it'll make Good. a return. It should. Assuming orbit, Kirk and Spock beam down to the planet, leaving lieutenant sulu in charge with specific duties to the enterprise not to us and if outnumbered to avoid combat and immediately warn starfleet upon beaming down to the surface of organia kirk and spock find a primitive society whose people seem curiously unconcerned about visitors materializing within their midst which makes kirk wonder do they have people beaming down every day Aelborn welcomes them, but tells Kirk, we don't have anyone in authority. But as chairman of the Council of Elders, he invites them to the council chambers. Aelborn agrees to Spock's request to look around the village so he may get some tricorder readings. Yeah, I always appreciate when stuff like this happens in the beginning of the episode and you're like, okay, these people are kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. And then as like the episode goes on... You're like, oh, that all makes like so much more sense, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The smiling and like the yeah, just like yeah, they're just they don't care. Like they're just so like whatever. Yeah, yeah, because they're not even there. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I don't know. It's also one of those writing things too, where it's like, why couldn't they just explain that to Kirk like from the beginning? I like think they were so they were so worried about him, you know. Like, yeah. Well, you 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 shouldn't be here. You're gonna you're gonna be the one that gets hurt. It's like just tell him what's going on, you know. I think I oh, think what no. it was supposed to be was like every time they would have had an opportunity to say something, Kirk was like, "You you have to." He would just keep yeah, he, and then Aelborn would just keep saying to him, "Oh, how little you know our people," and then Kirk would be, like, "Yeah, how little I know your people." Well, oh, the Klingons are coming. The Klingons are going to kill all of you, every single one of you. And then they'd be like, "No, we're not worried about I'm that, a, Captain. I'm a soldier. <laughs> I'm not a diplomat." Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, you, you don't understand." Yeah. Like, and he's like, "Yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do." <laughs> so yeah, that's true. Every time he was about to like kind of explain it, yeah, or just literally, Kirk could have just said like, "Oh." Like, well, what what don't I understand? And then they would have yeah. explained it to him. He just kept yeah. interrupting them and getting mad at them. <laughs> well, as soon as that other guy had, like, foresight of, like, yeah. everything that was going on, you should have been like, okay, something here is, uh, is yeah, you know? So, like, how does he know that? <laughs> it says, however, the counselors tell Kirk they have no need of protection nor defenses. They do not believe the Klingon invasion poses any threat to their people or their culture or way of life. While they recess to discuss Kirk's offer, Spock discloses that the culture has not advanced 
for as far back as his tricorder could measure, Organia is an arrested culture. The council's discussions result in no change, and they can see no benefit to affiliation with the Federation. Then the Klingon fleet of D7 class battlecruisers arrives. A fact Counselor Trefane somehow seems aware of before even Spock can, can confirm it with his tricorder, surprising him and Kirk. The Enterprise is forced to leave, stranding Kirk and Spock amid a Klingon occupation army led by Kool. You knew as soon as he told the Enterprise, like, <laughs> yeah, just take off. Don't even worry about us. You knew, like, that's what was going to happen. You knew they were going to be stuck down there. Yeah, absolutely. There's another episode, episode where Kirk's like, don't don't worry about us. The Enterprise is most important, Sulu. You leave yeah. a second. I think the last time he did it was Arena, I think, right? Yeah, he did, yeah. It was an interesting thing to have Spock, like, report to him that, like, I don't think for tens of thousands of years anything has happened to him. He's like, and I don't think anything's going to happen here. Yeah. And then, and then, like you said, that guy tells him, like, all these, like, mm -hmm. several hundred, like, battle, like, army officers have trans materialized, like, on their planet. Yeah. And, the, and both... Kirk and Spock are kind of surprised by it, but they don't really explore any of that. They're just like, mm -hmm. oh, interesting. <laughs> like, how does he know? And, and they're like, oh, he has very many gifts. <laughs> like, okay, well, that's great. But the Klingons are coming. <laughs> they're here now. <laughs> oh, <man. I> <laughs> and then that. even later when they're like, I was so confused too, like when they like, why did they decide to blow up all that stuff? Mm. Like, oh, we did it to show you that you can blow things up and you yeah. can fight the Klingons. Like, dude, they have made no effort. They have made no <laughs> They don't they don't care. It's not like they're not inspired or they're not, you know, like oh right. they've made no mention of like, well, we just don't <laughs> think we could do it. It's like, no, we're we're peaceful people. We're not doing anything that causes violence at all. Right. Like on either side. Right. Like Get it through your stupid head, Kirk. <laughs> There's a thing that I haven't revealed to you yet that I, I'm sure you just you just don't remember. But <clears throat> that happens, and then this happens, and then everything going forward, you would think if the Organians have the ability to do what they can do, like stuff in Star Trek shouldn't happen, but it just does. Yeah. So it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. We get to see as it brings out the first appearances of Klingons. And no. story editor Dorothy Fontana thought the Klingons were made the regular adversaries of the series because they didn't need any special and expensive makeup like the Romulans, whom she thought to be more interesting. And you're going to love this. Everybody's going to really love this. Fine. In the script, the Klingons were described simply as Oriental hard-faced. Oh, man. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That explains, like, the Fu Manchus and everything. <laughs> that's really funny that it's, she assumed that that's like, oh, this is going to be, like, the season regulars because, like, they're super easy to make. Yeah. Because the Romulans are really hard to make. You know, you have to put the helmets on them and... right paint their eyebrows up higher it's like wow how can you even manage to make the romulans <laughs> it's just really funny like hearing that knowing like how basic looking the romulans are <laughs> compared mm -hmm. to like everything else yeah oh man that's funny the organians provide kirk and spock with native clothing but take their weapons kirk is now baroner a leading Organian citizen, while Spock is a Vulcan merchant dealing in Kivas and Trillium. But Kor considers Spock a spy, since Vulcans are members of the Federation, and takes him in for questioning. When Kirk protests, Kor decides that Kirk is a man I can deal with as his liaison to the civil population. You know, I'm showing you this episode because obviously this is the first appearance of the Klingons. Yeah. But there's another thing in this episode that comes back, which I won't, which will 
you know, it'll be like, I can't even begin to think when it'll come back. It'll be a very, very long time. It's Spock being a merchant. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so that and what we're led to believe by watching it the way that we watch it. Yeah. The Klingons have experimented with augment DNA. Phlox saves them because it like, I forget if it passes like airborne or something. It does something and it starts to like, it's like easily contractable, but he saves them. And all they're going to do is like lose all of their cranial ridges. He describes what's going to happen. I think they're like less aggressive things. Of that yeah. Nature. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, th I thought aggression was one and they're going to look more human like. And so yeah. you're, you're supposed to believe that in the generations to come after enterprise, that these are the generations of the people that were got infected. And this is just what they look like. So it's like, they're not, you're, you know, rather than thinking, Oh, this is terrible. Like sixties also they yeah. didn't know what, what Klingons look like. Like they didn't know. Yeah. It's just supposed to be like, no, these are these are Klingons affected by the augment virus and now they look like this. And the one thing I've I've thought about, like if I was ever to write a story, I guess like for the RPG, the thing I've I've thought about is the Klingons in Discovery who look insane, I always thought that maybe they were like a purist Klingons. Because they're they're more ceremonial in the mm -hmm. show, they're they're much yeah. more ri ritual based. So I thought maybe they were like a preservation. Yeah, like they didn't they didn't mix. Like, mix they weren't in. involved with that stuff. Right, right. But um, that's why in our RPG, I don't know if you remember this, but when you guys went down to Kate and the oh, Klingons yeah. came down, I, if you kind of remember, I modeled how the commander or the captain, like how he spoke and how he went about things mm -hmm. like Thor does. I made him talk and act like him. He was like, he was a Klingon, but he was like more conversational and more like he, he could hold his own type of thing. Yeah. And then I yeah, made one of, I made one of the Klingons like at the table look like this guy. He just had like longer hair. Yeah, you know what's funny about that is, like, he seemed, like, kind of familiar to me. Mm -hmm. Like, in the back of my brain. I've talked to this guy before, I think. <laughs> I think I've drank with this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing about this episode that I, I liked was, like, I really enjoyed this Klingon captain guy. Like, he's really good. Yeah, and I think that is where most of the future Klingon stuff comes from. Because a lot of his like attitude and his viewpoints and how he conducts himself kind of still mm -hmm. carries forward. Yeah. He's just not like super over the top. He's very kind of composed, but also like you know that he's very serious about He's basically, stuff. yeah, he's basically from the 60s, from this television series perspective, he's just a more like aggressive uh, barbaric, like Romulan. Like the yeah. Romulan was very cold and calculated and just very like strategic where this guy is just like, I don't care. I'll kill anything. And just very mm -hmm. aggressive and enjoys aggression and stuff like that. Cause this, what we're talking about in the scene, he's going to take Spock and he's like, I don't, what if I don't, what if I don't want that to happen? And he's like, well, what do you mean? Like, well, we're <laughs> going to do what we want here. And you're, you're, you're kind of weird for standing up to me. And then yeah. he, he goes to take him away and Kirk walks forward and the Klingon, you know, core puts his hand up against him and and he goes, Oh, he goes, You don't like to be pushed. And he's like, <laughs> very good. He like enjoys the fact that yeah. he wants to kind of fight. And that's that kind of mentality still kind of stays with the Klingons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I like that. It's like he's he's like, Yeah, it's almost like you're you're not even like from this planet. Right, right. You're just like so different from everyone else. I don't understand it. 
Hmm. Interesting. Also, there's a Vulcan here. Hmm. Interesting. interesting. Weird. 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 <laughs> nah, yeah. Weird. And then, like later, when he's like, "Oh, Captain Kirk from the Starship Enterprise," and your first mate is Spock. Wow. <laughs> I do know you guys. Because <laughs> like, yeah, Spock, got... like, doesn't Spock is like, "Yeah, I'm a merchant. My name's Spock." Like, yeah. Yeah. Change it. Change it. Hard change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Remember the Who's Line thing where he'd be like, Yeah. Be like, Honey, yes. I've come to the conclusion I think we should name it Bill. Change. I think we should name it Drew. Change. I think we should name it C3PO. Fred's in the oven to be like, Change. Yeah, and he'd be like, Oh, I, I just got home from work. Change. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, that's a thing. So I was thinking, so, like Kirk off camera. Yes, I have Spock. I'm running. Like, Change. Yes, yep. I'm Larry from the planet Vulcan. <laughs> I'm I'm Larry. <laughs> I sell trillium. <laughs> <laughs> the examination performed with the mind scanner does not pierce Spock's pretense, and he is released. Kirk has been instructed in his duties as liaison, and both men are released to go about their business. Formulating a plan to fight against the Klingons, Kirk and Spock destroy a Klingon ammo dump and find that the Arganians are appalled by the mere thought of violence. Kirk tells Aelborn that the Arganians can resist a military dictatorship, but Aelborn replies that Kirk simply doesn't understand them. Unfortunately, Kor has the council chamber under surveillance and hears everything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was so. That was funny when that scene happens, and he's just like, "Oh, hmm, hmm, interesting." Well, I better take care of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like Kirk talking in that scene too was like very much was he like just continuing to like. Yeah. Like, yeah, remember how I told you I was Kirk from the Starship Enterprise? And <laughs> yeah, I blew was... up that depot. You know why I blew up that depot? Because my ship is coming and it's bringing reinforcements, and I just need to stall for a couple more hours. <laughs> and they're like, hmm, mm-hmm. I do remember you saying this. <laughs> oh, very, very interesting that you mention any of those. Yeah. yeah, and you know another thing, if if that. <laughs> If he happened to listen to this, I would tell him I don't like his beard or his face. <laughs> and then they like burst through the door and he's like, oh. oh. He's like, oh, I heard everything. I heard everything he said. <laughs> yeah, I heard everything he said. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. Kirk never knows when he's really being recorded, does he? No. It's the same. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same as the going. I heard everything you said. I heard everything you said. <laughs> I know all about your battle plans. Oh. <laughs> this is a this is a two way communicator, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of moron just walks around and records his? I mean, it happens later again in the episode. Remember, where oh, he's like, yeah. "Yes." Yes, even a person like me is kind of constant surveillance, constant surveillance. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then they come bursting through the door again. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. So we're at the halfway point. So this is where you go down to the comment section and you write Kapla. Q-A-P-L-A. Kapla. Aelborn, learning Kor's plan to interrogate Kirk with the Mind Sifter, reveals Kirk's identity. Betrayed, Kirk and Spock are taken prisoner and threatened, but Aelborn remains placid, assuring Kirk that no harm will come of it. Kirk and Kor discuss their differing ideologies. Kor is pleased that the universe is full of people who don't like the Klingons. Kirk is given 12 hours to answer questions about Starfleet's starship deployments. Otherwise, he will be subjugated to the Mind Sifter, becoming a vegetable, and Spock will be dissected to determine how he can resist it. Kirk tells Kor he will need a lot more than 12 hours to get the necessary information out of him. Kor tells Kirk that he will get the necessary information from him at the designated time, as war is a game that Klingons intend to win. I really liked every time he said vegetable. Vegetable. 
I don't want you to become a, a vegetable captain. Thinking of that, I was I I kept thinking to myself, you look at Star, Star Trek Enterprise and just also other Star Trek, and it's like they split they speak Klingon. It's very 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 evident they speak Klingon, right? So it's like at no point does do they say strange words in like this episode like at all, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought it was just really funny. For him to say all this stuff like vegetable, but I was thinking, well, what's a Klingon really saying? Is he saying vegetable or is he saying like a Klingon food? You know what I mean? I was just, I was making me wonder about like what if this was written today, like if they had, like if we had done a Strange New Worlds episode and now you had, uh-huh. to, you know, yeah. it's like what what would this look like? What would this episode look like now? Yeah, because they fill in like random words with like Klingon. Yeah, words. right. Yeah. I'm sure you enjoyed as much as I enjoyed when Corrin, Kirk going back and forth, and then he's like, go climb a tree. Yeah. And Corrin's like, hmm, hmm, excellent, excellent. (laughs) One of your human emotions? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. What an insult. What an insult. (laughs) I really like his pants, though. Oh, of course. Pants are... Yeah. Or, or, okay. They're like that cool, like, shimmery material, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I liked all the outfits in this episode, too, actually. I really like Spock. You know, he looks like he comes from... Uh, yeah, with, like, Hobbit, cape. Ho- Hobbiton, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much like Wood Elf look. He's got that little... Well, it, you know, now that you say that, like, the thing that I... I thought about was okay, like Kirk is, is trying to be passed as an organian. And it's yeah. like okay. Like he looks like them. He's just mm-hmm. he's just younger because everybody else in that room is like in their sixties. But whatever. Other obviously there's other people who look like you know, we saw him walking around outside previously. Yeah. But it's like if Spock is a merchant, why is he dressed like them? Like shouldn't <laughs> he be dressed like he's a merchant? From yeah. like the time period that we're all, you know, all living in. Like he should look more like the Klingons coming down and in, in like future future clothes, yeah. you know what I mean? Rather than like why is he wearing like thirteenth century <laughs> like you know, old oh. English like la 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 That is that is true actually. Yeah. Plus what merchants wear. I mean, he looked great. I give that, like you, like you said, he looks great. I love the cape. I love the boots. He looks super mm. good in, in the outfit. But it just was like, hmm. And speaking of that, like the fact that he looks like a wood elf, it reminded me that the that main guy's name, Aylborn. Yeah, Aylborn. Yeah, it's like such like a middle, oh, middle man. Earth like Skyrim name. Aylborn. <laughs> yeah. I also yeah. kind of questioned the whole, like, how can Spock uh, lie, right? Vulcans don't lie. So yeah, right. it's like, I, I also wondered, I was like, yeah, he says his name is Spock. Okay. And he's like, and I also do this thing. And I was like, mm, but that's not true. <laughs> yeah, they do kind of rationalize that stuff whenever they need to for storyline, you know? They definitely do. Like, I'm surprised this episode doesn't end with, like, um, him and Kirk on the ship talking about, like, that exact thing. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, you kind of lied to the Klingons. Like, Captain, I didn't lie to the Klingons. I just did not tell them the full truth. Yeah. I merely just... Oh, (laughs) you're becoming more human every day. Yeah. I didn't deceive them, Captain. I just merely repeated what Aylborn said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I like how he goes through the uh, the mind scan. Mm-hmm. And Kirk's like, oh, it must not be that bad. And he's like, I wouldn't recommend you going through it. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's pretty rough. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty rough. Yeah, did you forget? I'm not human. I'm a Vulcan. <laughs> My brain is more advanced. Or is he Vulcanian? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> With just over six hours left, the cell doors open. But it is Aelborn offering them safe passage back to the council chambers, where he assures them the Klingons will not come. Kirk cannot understand how their betrayer is now their rescuer. He does not initially trust Aelborn, but as the Organian informs him, he has very little choice. When asked where the two Klingon guards are, Aelborn simply states nothing happened to them. Yeah, I like that. I like that scene. Yeah. Where they're talking and Kirk and him are trying to figure out how to deal with it. Like, how do we, how do we get past all this? And yeah, Spock's like, I, this is going to be like, these walls are really thick and blah, blah, blah. Then the door opens. They're like, okay, get behind the door, get behind the door, get behind the door. Oh, it's just this guy. Yeah. He's like, they're going to cause violence to you. <laughs> we don't like violence. We don't like that. It was so funny that like this. So this was back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, before like smartphones and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, how funny is it that that has become such like a normal part of like human culture, like today, where um, Alborn is like talking to Kirk, and Kirk's like, "Hold on a minute." <sighs> yes, there's a Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> He's like trying to explain to him about their. Yeah, you know, culture and stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Hold on, I'm getting a phone, phone call. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, my God, that is funny. Some things never change. Nope. When informed of the escape by his lieutenant, Kor is furious. The Klingon officer reports that the two Klingon guards were simply not there with no other exit. Kor gives a special occupation order for Kirk, Spock, and the Organians. Hear disruptor fire and on the loudspeakers that hostages will be killed 200 immediately and 200 more at two hour intervals until the Federation spies are returned. Yeah, they really like the they really like the number two. Yeah, the two for two spies, 200 people every (laughs) two hours. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna kill, uh, let's say, uh, 200. And then, hmm, how long? How long? Mm, two hours. <laughs> two, yes. We'll yes. kill. Should we do more? No, let's do another two hundred. <laughs> Should we go to three hundred after that? No, 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 no. no. Don't increase it by. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're gonna increase it by two. Every two, <laughs> on the two. <laughs> <laughs> And I just like how Kirk and Spock were like, 200 people, no. You have to. And they're just like, it is fine. It's fine, Captain. It's okay. And he's like, no, it can't be fine. 200 people. Nah, we're not too worried about it. <laughs> and uh, I like the part. He's like, well, I guess it's up to you and I, us, you and I, Spock. Like, this is it. So they're like, where are our phasers? And they're like, they're over there. In this cabinet, they're just yeah. Right, we didn't do anything You're really like, weird with them. They're like, they're just, no, like, we're not. We're not going to give you those. And then the other guys are like, you might as well give them the phases. They're not going to stop. They don't care about anything. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to get a chance to use them. Just give them to them. It'll make them feel better. And he picks them up with a chair too, right? He like picks them up and whips them out, and he's just like, "You're so adverse to violence." He's like, "You're going to have more violence than you could possibly imagine." Like, man, Kirk, you're, you're threatening to beat these yeah. guys up. Yeah. I'm going to go on a frenzy and all the blood's going to be on your hands. Kirk plans a suicide assault on Core Stronghold that evening to save Organian lives. The council returns the officer's phasers, then confer privately that, of course, we cannot allow it. Darkness falls and Kirk and Spock begin their assault, resolving to stun and not kill as... Were after the top dog. They disable Kor's lieutenant and gain entry to Kor's office. Kirk doesn't plan to kill Kor. Kor wants to discuss the prospects of war, on the surface and in space. For example, even Kor's office is under surveillance. Yeah, so a lot happens because they get the phasers back, they go, then all of a sudden you kind of see a different side of the Organians when they all like stand at the door and like confer with each other, and they're yeah. all like... 
And he's like, what's going to happen, Trefane? And he's like, horrible, despicable, inconceivable things. And he's like, oh, disgusting. And then they're like, we have to do something. And they're like, I don't know. What can we do? And they're like, we're going to have to interfere. And they're like, well, I don't want to interfere. Interfering is the most disgusting thing we could possibly <laughs> do. <laughs> now they phase in the two guys. They go in. And then Kirk's like, yeah. And he gets the, 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 the lieutenant guy. He's like, if you don't tell me right now, we're gonna, I'm going to kill you. And I was just thinking, if this was future Star Trek, even like mm-hmm. Enterprise, and he ha- and <laughs> Archer had like a rope around a Klingon's neck, and he said, if you don't tell me where he is, I'll kill you, then the Klingon would be like, I'd rather die at the hands of an enemy than tell you when, you know, like whatever. And it's just like, uh-huh. their whole, going forward, their whole spiel is like... Yeah, yeah, they welcome me. death, yeah. Right, right. Kill me, Captain, I am... One step closer to walking the fields with my ancestors. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so they're a little different. The Klingons are yeah. a little different. It's just all that augment DNA just running through them. They're so weaker yeah. and simpler. It's because all that human DNA in them makes them weak. Yeah. Did you enjoy George Takei Sulu's pronunciation? Of what? I can't remember. Klingons. Not off the and, top of my head. So every time they cut to Sulu on the oh bridge, or and he um, <laughs> he has to say it. He doesn't say Klingon. He says he says like Klingon. <laughs> I don't remember. Captain, a large number of Klingon vessels have just arrived. I can't explain it. We were just closing in on the Klingon fleet when. It's funny. No, I never. I never noticed that. I. It made me think about when you talk about how Kirk's like, you know, okay, he's like, all right, you Mazzle 4 from Sarah, come with me and we're going to go and look. And you're like, what names did he just say? <laughs> and then the credits come up and it's like Matthews, whatever. And it's like these yeah. two different names. You're like, he didn't say those names at all. No, he definitely didn't say those names. He's one take Kirk, you know? Yeah. You got to just roll these this stuff off like you, you know, you've served yeah. with him for thousands of, you know. Hundreds of years. <laughs> I was expecting him to be like, listen here, Errol Bane, I don't want to have to tell you anymore about what these Klingons are going to do. Yeah. <laughs> you listen to me, Al, man. I... <laughs> hey, right. The part I liked is when everything got like super hot, and that's that's the part oh, yeah. that I remember. That we're coming up to that, yeah. The seat, yeah. When he jumps off the seat and the ship, that's pretty good. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. How about the very beginning, too, when they get, like, hit? That was pretty funny. When the ship oh, gets yeah. hit. Like, ah. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk and Spock, like, run over to the banister. <laughs> lay yeah. On it. Yeah. They do all, like, the flashing lights, and it looks pretty good. But then you realize that, like, all the flashing lights are just added in post. So, yeah. So, in reality, it's just all these grown people, like, being yeah. like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. At least like modern stuff, they do like the lights and stuff, and right. right. They actually, sh- they actually put the bridge on like an actual gimbal now. So mm-hmm. like they still have to act, but like they'll say like yeah. hit, and they'll shift. They'll they'll shift the the stage of the bridge, and so people actually are like, oh, yeah. It's <laughs> way more realistic than like you doing it, you know? Yeah. But as Klingon troops stream in, everyone's weapons become too hot to handle. And the same is true on every ship in both warring fleets. Aelborn and Claymere enter Kor's office, apologize for being forced to interfere, but announce that they have to put a stop to the violence. Aelborn states that as he stands before Kirk and Kor, he also stands on their respective homeworlds, Earth and Kronos. Both sides must agree to cease hostilities, or their armed forces will be immobilized. While insisting that nobody wants war, Kirk seems equally annoyed at its interruption, as is Kor. He states that they have legitimate grievances, and that they have a right to handle it as they see fit. Aelborn tells them that in the future, their races will eventually become fast friends, and will work together, which Kor finds unbelievable. Claymare says the visitors' discordant emotions require that they must leave. Aelborn discloses that none of the 200 Organian hostages have been killed, 
and what Kirk and Kor see is merely for appearance. The Organians have, over millions of years, evolved beyond the need for physical bodies and have become advanced and more powerful energy beings. Kirk and Spock work out themselves that Organia's outward appearance was solely to provide points of reference for visitors. Aelborn and Claymare disappear before Kirk, Spock, and Kor's eyes, changing from human form into very bright, pure energy. Kirk turns to Kor and tells him it looks like they will not be going to war after all. A shame, Captain. It would have been glorious, the Klingon yeah. commander states. It's a pretty crazy scene that these guys are like, he's like, I'm here talking to you. I'm also on Earth. I'm also on the home world of the Klingons talking. I've also stopped all of your ships from working. And if you do, and it's like at any point, if you continue to do it, it doesn't matter. I'll just, we'll just keep deactivating your ships. And I thought to myself, like, what an overpowered species. Mm-hmm. And why don't they ever do this again in the future? Like at any time, like factions are going to war like they would just contact the organians and be like hey could you just stop these things from attacking us like so we yeah, can right. have diplo- like diplomatic conversation with them and try to work something out rather than killing each other for you know yeah decades or years no 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 we're busy now yeah so, no, that is funny yeah so here is the thing i'm going to drop on you i waited until just now Star Trek Enterprise mm-hmm. episode Observer Effect, where Hoshi and Trip get sick. Okay. And there's weird people inhabiting Travis and Reed. And they talk oh, yeah. to each other like in the elevator. Oh. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh wow. So those are Ar- Arganians. So they inhabit their so they're the energy things and they go inside them. Yep. So it's Archer. So basically what we're what we're led to believe is they are they they watch people, they watch species get that virus and then look at they, they, that's how they study species and how every species deals with getting the virus. And then Archer at least gets one of them to understand like, well, you should have compassion. Like you can't just like sit, you can't just like watch people suffer and die. Like you, if you're doing this, like how can you not feel for these people? Yeah. And it's like, okay. So because of his little thing and other things that Archer says to him, they're like, well, going forward, instead of inhabiting people's bodies, we will, we will do our best to like approximate our appearance. So it's more appealing for you to conversate with us. So basically they're in these human forms because of their interaction with Archer rather than just being those glowing lights. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting, interesting. yeah, it's like an interesting thing that the writers, the writers did. Yeah. And it also explains why, even though Kirk and Spock have never have never interacted with them, it also explains why it's not like a new planet. Like it's not like a we well we don't know what this place is. It's like well yeah no we know what this place is because they've obviously had more diplomatic dealings with them like beyond that episode of Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, that's so, interesting. Yeah, so I thought you would enjoy that. That ties into that episode. Weren't they in that episode of Enterprise? Weren't they more like devoid of like emotions? Weren't they yes. like uh... yes? But I mean, they were they were very similar to how these guys are. How it was just like nothing really bothers them. Yeah, but the same thing happens is when I forget who it is. I think it's Hoshi or I think it's Tucker is that. Mm-hmm. And then he sits up and he's like, "Oh, blah blah blah, Captain, blah blah," and then the captain's like, "What the heck is happening?" and and he's talking through Tucker and then all of a sudden Hoshi sits up and it's like she that Organian basically tells like how how dare you like how dare you interfere like that's disgusting that you're interfering like we don't interfere yeah. so it's kind of like a similar thing that they they get into 
Yeah, that's right. So the good news is this is the only other time you'll ever see these people. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so Star Trek Enterprise introduces them in a sense, and then you see them here again, and then it's like all set. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have picked right. up on that. Yeah, you wouldn't have remembered. Because I'm sure they, I'm sure it's like a throwaway sentence where they're like, Archer's like, who are you? And then they were like, we are Organians. And it's just like, hmm. without knowing this episode, it's just like, okay, they they have an alien name. Great. The other really funny thing is, and I remember what it was now, and it made me think of you, is when uh, the grenade thing went off in Arena. And he was like, Captain, hmm. I think we're a little close. He's like, no, it'll be fine. And he's like, ah. Mm, right it's the yeah, same yeah. thing happens in this episode when they're turning into the things and they're just like oh it's so bright Ooh. oh yeah yeah, yeah. And then the klingons like ah, it's burning my <laughs> well i was i was laughing because i was remembering back to when you were saying like uh leonard nimoy and shatner were like yeah we pretty much have like tenonitis from oh the show. yeah and it's like that other, like, that was a really big explosion. <laughs> like, when they oh, blew up all yeah. that, like, the depot stuff. Yeah. And they just kind of, like, by the wall, like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> the was, boom. And it was like, wow, that's a, that's a lot of explosions, you know. It also, yeah, that's really true. I forgot that that was really funny because he says, um, he goes, oh, it'll be quite a spectacular explosion. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he, he's like, it's a sonic grenade on, uh, delayed fuse and Kirk's like excellent excellent and then he opens that like the the box and he puts it in and he's like okay six and I'd be like six yeah. like if you're blowing up yeah. an ammo dump you got six seconds to run away from it yeah like give well, us at least delayed. 30 seconds it's delayed yeah I know that's a delayed fuse <laughs> normally you pull the you know you pull the pin and you throw it and as soon as it leaves your hand it's like three <laughs> two <laughs> right right <laughs> Well, I made it and I gave it an extra four seconds. <laughs> yeah. Well, that yeah. seems really funny, too, because um, like, oh, no, the Klingons are coming in. Spock, Spock runs away and Kirk's like, oh. And he's like, oh, stairs. And he climbs up the stairs. Uh, and he yeah, like, oh, lays yeah. on the stairs. <laughs> I'll never find you here. Be the stairs. Be the stairs. And that Klingon just happens to be like, "Wow, I'm not going to look up the stairs. I'm, de I'm definitely not going to look up there." <laughs> well, better stay on post and turn my back to the, the height advantage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back on board the Enterprise, Kirk admits to Spock at being embarrassed that he was furious with the Organians for preventing a war oh. with the Klingons. A war he yeah, did not want. Yeah. Kirk tells Spock that they often think of themselves as the most powerful force in the universe. It's unsettling to find out they ultimately are not. Spock tells Kirk that he and himself have no reason to be embarrassed. It took millions of years for the Arganians to evolve into what they are now. Spock points out that even the gods did not come into being overnight. Spock also says that at least they beat the odds in not dying on the planet. Kirk tells Spock he is wrong, as they didn't even have a chance at beating the odds. The Oganians raided the game. Yeah, that was a funny funny way to end the episode. Kind of was, yeah. Wasn't, you know, no, normally everybody laughs or makes fun of Spock, but this was like, I don't really appreciate them stopping this war that I didn't want. And Spock's like, yeah, I know, we got lucky. He's like, no, mm-mm. They ruined it. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally get it because it's supposed to be like, you know, a commentary, like a moral commentary on like war and like, well, we have the right to go to war and these people are egregious people. So we have, you know, we have to fight them and so on and so forth. But I don't know. It's also not super uh, hard. It's like it's a mixture of, of serious and interesting, but also kind of silly. Yeah. Well, before we conclude the episode and wrap it up, let's cut on over to your favorite part of the episode, everyone. Caleb. 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 
So, Caleb, who gets the Erica Ortegas Award for being most unlikable? The guy that can, like, see the future. That guy, I don't like that guy. Oh, I think his name is, like, <laughs> Trey, Trey Fame Trey yeah. or something like that. Yeah, okay. Just give them the phases. What does it matter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, who gets the Elizabeth Cutler Award for being most forgettable? When Kirk and Spock are, like, walking through the street. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> okay. And he bumps into that guy, and Kirk's yeah. going to, like, fight him. Yeah, and and Spock is like, "Hey, so, like, let's not let's not do that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they like go on to like talk about their like entire plan yeah. while walking by like four Klingons right behind them, like yeah. eating at the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just like fully talking about what what they're gonna do. Yeah, and those guys are just like, "Well, that's not any of my concern." That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those guys. Just all those, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that scene too because the thing that made me laugh about it was I was like, he bumps into, you know, they accidentally bump into each other. Yeah, like okay, Kirk's mad about it. Spock ste- steps in, but then it's like, okay, Kirk, like, why are you getting huffy with this guy? It's you on like you are, you are yep. majorly not in in the yep. area to fight these guys. Yeah, you're outmanned. You're outgunned. You're. It made him. It honestly made Kirk seem more like an idiot than I think that yeah. the show wanted. Well, that's the thing is like he he seemed more Klingon than the Klingons in this. Episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's a good. Yeah, because he has that. He has a reaction where he's like, "What? What? What did you think? What did you think, Spock? You think I was going to beat his face into a pulp?" And he's like, "Yeah, mm, I don't know like, what you were going to do." I and think. I think so. He's like, "Yeah, you're right. I like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I would have decimated his face." <laughs> and then they walk by those Klingons, and he goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> that was yeah. my other favorite part too. When he, when he, oh. you know, <laughs> yeah. when he, when he like leaves that chamber, yeah, and he's like, oh yeah, basically like, hey, thanks for nothing, and he does the whole like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really enjoy that. That's pretty. Cool. Yeah. Okay, who gets the Trip Tucker Award for being the MVP? Uh, probably Elborn. You think so? Yeah. That's how little you know us, Captain. How little you know us. <laughs> yeah. I like it. What gets the Shran Award for being the best action sequence? Probably the the explosion. They blow up the ammo dump. Nice. Yeah. Because they have to do some stealth and then they blow up the ammo. True. Hopefully something very inconsequential. He's like, oh, Uh, yes. It was all very important, but there's a lot more on the ship. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what gets the NX award for some sweet ship stuff? There's so much of it in this episode. Yeah, there's a ton of ship stuff. When the Enterprise gets shot in the beginning, Mm -hmm. and you can see like the like the shields like the reflector shields like bounce that like face mm. blast off i know that's all like updated visually but like i like i like that yeah, yeah yeah the thing i was thinking about is in that scene too when he's like captain deflector screens just went up automatically there must be a body ahead he's like really and then they get sh- then they get hit right and mm. i was thinking i don't know if in star trek they ever again forward or like if the sensors automatically see a ship on sensors like shields immediately go up. And I was thinking they should, but I don't think that they do. Yeah. But they might. I just don't remember. What gets the Porthos Award for being the cheesiest thing of the episode? The Klingon mustaches. <laughs> just Klingons in general. Yeah. Yeah, their their mustaches are a little <laughs> zoom right yeah. in. A little on the nose. <laughs> A little under the nose. Yeah, a little. What gets the Enterprise Award for the best scene of the episode? When Spock shows up in his new cloak. 
the best scene. <laughs> when they're getting, when they've gotten their Jordanian yeah. clothes. Yep. Because the whole time after this episode, I was like, man, I, I really want like an action figure now of Spock wearing that that costume. You'd really like an action figure of Spock in Organian clothing, holding a tricard or scanning with an oxygen mask on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, and I three or four, three or four tribbles around the base. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it's one of those things like that's like I know about the tribbles, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when we finally get to that episode, we're like. This episode sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll never think that. It's probably not even on your list, is it? I'm like, it's oh no, there. that doesn't have any. That doesn't oh, have anything to do list. with anything. That's <laughs> on the list, of course. It's on the list. The trouble with tribbles. The trouble with the tribbles. <laughs> oh yeah, it wouldn't be funny if I said next week. No, trouble <laughs> with tribbles. Nice. Well, that worked yeah. out. Go down to the comment section and let us know what you thought of the episode. Did you do you like seeing Cl- the Klingons? Do you like Klingons? Do you think Klingons are really cool? Think they're stupid? Tell us what you think. Yeah, they're stupid. Tell us how much this has nothing to do with Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Next week we're gonna cover another very famous episode of Star Trek with the episode entitled The City on the Edge of Forever. Ooh. Ooh. As always, you can go over to Caleb's channel, watch his stuff. He just got to 1,000 subscribers. Yeah, I know. So now the goal is to get him monetized. Million. So watch, watch everything <laughs> he's ever put out twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put on my playlist and just let it run. Yep, and then when it's done, do it again. Start it over. <laughs> I yeah. still can't believe it. You know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a hobby thing I started because I, I never <laughs> right. wanted it to become like a thing where I wanted it to be a full time thing because it takes the fun out of it. You know. Yeah. For all these people who have gotten this far in the video, you know, he has a phaser over there. He has two separate types of, actually three separate types of armaments. He has the Enterprise phase pistol. He has the Mako phase rifle. And he has the original series rifle, both in foam and in electronics with lights and sounds and everything. So, and I think, I think even though we printed out that phaser, you easily could just harvest out the foam and put your own electronics in there and it would work just fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. He's made uh, Star Trek Enterprise wall comms. There's a lot of stuff over there that he's got some Star Trek things over there. So Yeah. And if you're here today watching this video, I put out a uh, Skyrim video for the 12-year anniversary. Yeah, and uh, just a couple days ago was our episode 6 of our RPG where some oh, yeah. interesting things happen in that. So that was a couple days mm-hmm. ago on the channel. I can also say too next week on his channel is Dragon Ball Rewatch. So make sure oh, yeah. you see that next week. I'll mention it again. And we are two episodes away uh counting the city on the edge of forever. From season one of Star Trek being done. Yeah, that's crazy. It is. So if you like the video, like it. If you dislike it, dislike it. Share with all your friends and family and Treks enthusiasts. Subscribe so you don't miss any other videos on the channel like the RPG or Star Trek history. And ring that bell for notifications so you can watch it as soon as any video comes out. We appreciate you watching computer and program <laughs> see you guys check for any messages oh yes there is a message here uh, let's see from the captain 
to all crew, please do the outro of the oh okay, yes. Take time on my busy doctor schedule here to record a couple things. Oh, hello. Dr. Stephen House, Chief Medical Officer aboard the USS Drake. Just wanted to record a few reminders for you guys. So here we go. The Retrack Review is a Daystrom Holodeck podcast. It's produced in association with the Plastic Underground Props, hosted by Caleb Stoddard and Will Wilbur, edited by Will Wilbur. Our outro song is by Kaylee Joy Rookledge. Our theme song is by Samo Studios. And our outro song is by Tommy T. The title card art was created by Caleb Stoddard. Trophy art was created by Adrian Wilbur from Love by the Letters. The synopsis and written plot provided by memoryalpha.fandom.com. Star Trek is created by Gene Roddenberry. And all official clips and pictures are owned by Paramount Pictures. You can follow us at the Plastic Underground Props and the Daystrom Holodeck on Instagram and YouTube. So that is it. That is all I had to say. And uh, uh, what? Lazesh, don't touch that.